Good evening, everyone. Good to have you here. Our Truth Seekers are joining us tonight. And it's good to see so many of you in Truth Seekers. You haven't abandoned us when you're not meeting, but you come to be with us. We're, we're excited about that. Thank you. We feel kind of lonely in here by ourselves sometimes. You know, prayer can be a lonely thing. Um, I have an observation test for you. How observant are you? In our lobby, when you come into the church, there is this beautiful bulletin board that is decorated, usually seasonally, and there is a, um, sometimes there's a verse on there, sometimes there's a short statement, and so right now there's a phrase on there. Um, Does anybody know what that phrase is? Michelle, Michelle can't do it because uh, she, she doesn't qualify because she put it on there. I remember one All right, that was probably the last one. All right, what's, what's on there right now? Say that. Say it louder so everybody can hear it. The greatest injustice. Okay, that's very close to it. And there's something else. Anybody remember the symbol that's up there? Cross. Okay. So there's a cross. And above the cross, the words, the world's greatest injustice. The world's greatest injustice. And below the cross is three more words. All start with G. <laughs> That's a guess, because <laughs> it's not right, but it's a guess. Actually, had two words close, but uh, not in the right order, and not the right for it, and not the right for it. Very, very close. You got God and gift correct. God's glorious gift. The world's greatest injustice, the cross, the cross is also God's glorious gift. You can also say (laughs) extra points. (laughs) I'm going to test on that one day. We'll see how many can, can remember that. All right. God's uh, uh, glorious gift or God's gracious gift. The word up there is glorious, and we're going to look at the cross. And I thought about that today, and there's a verse that I think goes with that, with that um, message. And I want you to turn to 2 Corinthians chapter, chapter, um, chapter 5. 2 Corinthians 5.21. I want to thank, thank uh, Mrs. Michelle for putting that up there and for challenging uh, us and uh, just having something um, to look at that's so true but so challenging as well. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin 
that in him we might become the righteousness of God. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Say it with me this time. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Again, for our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Starts off with the words, for our sake. God did this for us. What did he do? He made him to be sin. The world's greatest injustice is the one who knew no sin became sin for us who are true sinners. Jesus Christ never sinned. He was the only one ever who lived a sinless life. But God made him to be sin. What does that mean when it says God made Jesus to be sin? Anybody want to help us out with that, that phrase, that thought there? God made him to be sin. What does that mean? In what way did Jesus become sin? Either it's too easy and nobody wants to give it, or it's too hard and nobody knows it. I think it's neither. All right? Jesus became the object of God's wrath. It says, for our sake, he made him to be sin. Jesus took on, for our sake, he took on our sin. He represents to God our sin. Not his own sin, but our sin. And it reminds us who knew no sin, that he was sinless. The, the world's greatest injustice is that the sinless one would be crucified. The one who did no wrong, never did wrong, will be put to death, given the death penalty, the death penalty, and executed publicly. Jesus was executed publicly, and yet he never did any wrong. You know, our, our whole country is just going crazy with issues that are said to be of so importance, social issues that are coming up that are called social injustice. And, you know, as, as a people, we want 
we want justice, or at least I hope we want justice. We want people to be treated fairly. We want people to be treated right. And when, when that's not done, we want our laws to say something about it. But I wonder if that's what we really want. We don't seem to be acting that way. We, want, we claim we want justice, but we don't want to see or wait and see justice actually happen. We want to take it in our own hands. We, we're living in a, in, a, in a place now in America. We're living in a state now in Wisconsin where incredible things are happening, incredible in a bad way, unrest. I hate to even call it unrest. It is wickedness and sinfulness that's masquerading as the right thing to do or the right thing to, to, to be. And some people are saying, well, that's, it's just bad people doing that and good people are trying to see something else happen. But I don't see it really condemned as it should be condemned. The greatest injustice in the world is that Christ was put to death for no wrong of his own. Absolutely no wrong. And it didn't just happen. It says in this verse, for our sake, he made him to be sin. God demanded that to happen. And Christ took it on voluntarily. God the Father demanded that this price be paid. And God the Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, voluntarily paid that price for my sin, for your sin. And that happens to be the only way that our sins could be paid for. So that verse says again, For our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. So God would accept us and forgive us of our sins and give us a relationship with him. God's glorious gift is the Lord Jesus Christ. With all that's happening, it's easy for us to put that aside or forget about it or push it down in importance. But I want to tell you, it's, it, it never is unimportant or to be pushed down at a lower level. It is very significant. It is the most significant thing that, that has occurred. And it's God's plan to provide his salvation for his people. As we come in prayer tonight, let's pray that the, the, the craziness that's happening in the world will not distract us from the most important event that God has done for not only us, but that all who will come to salvation. Help us not get distracted. Some people think somehow there's a greater cause than the gospel. There's something more meaningful or more important than the gospel. And it isn't. It isn't. Let's pray that God would help us to minister to a people who have gone crazy, who don't understand God's purpose and God's plan, and are trying to substitute their things to do to make things right. God deals with sin with Jesus on the cross.
That's the only way sin is going to really be dealt with is through the cross. That's why we preach the cross. That's why we teach Jesus. That's why we present Jesus. He is the solution, the one and only solution. We can praise God for that tonight as we pray, and we can pray for God's power and help to proclaim his truth wherever we go and everywhere that we go in a, in a, in a world that doesn't want to hear it right now. But we need to live it. We need to proclaim it. The world's greatest injustice, God's glorious gift. Jesus makes the difference. Let's remember that as we, as we pray tonight and as we ask God for strength to, to live a testimony in, in the midst of what's going on today. Good evening, saints. We're going to continue our meditation in the Gospel of John. And as we go through, I um, just want to remind us a little bit about what we saw. Remember that Jesus had fed the 5,000. He had walked across the sea on the water. And the crowd, he rebuked because they sought him just for the bread. And he said, you ought to be seeking me. And so we get to verse 41, which is where we left off. So the Jews grumbled about him because he said, I am the bread that came down from heaven. They said, is not this Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How does he now say, I have come down from heaven? Jesus answered them, do not grumble amongst yourselves. No one can come to me unless the father who sent me draws him, and I will raise him up on the last day. It is written in the prophets, and they will all be taught by God. Everyone who has heard and learned from the Father comes to me. Not that anyone has seen the Father except he who is from God. He has seen the Father. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes has eternal life. I am the bread of life. Your fathers ate the man in the wilderness, and they died. This is the bread that comes down from heaven, so that one may eat of it and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. The Jews then disputed amongst themselves, saying, How can this man give us his flesh to eat? So Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you will have no life in you. Whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks, on, drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. For my flesh is true food, and my blood is true drink. Whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me and I in him. As a living father sent me and I live because of the father, so whoever feeds on me, he also will live because of me. This is the bread that comes down from heaven, not like the bread the fathers ate and died. Whoever feeds on this bread will live forever. Jesus said these things in the synagogue as he taught in Capernaum. Let's just review just these verses that we saw here. 
says the Jews grumbled. And that's really going to be a theme of this little section here. The Jews grumbled. And why did they grumble, do you think? Yeah, they didn't like Jesus saying he came from heaven. Let's think back a little bit. They were the ones that was begging Jesus to do a miracle, right? They were the ones who wanted Jesus to make bread again. They was the ones who chased Jesus all the way around the sea. And now, all of a sudden, who is this Jesus? So you can always expect people's attitudes to change sometimes when you get to the heart of the gospel and they don't intend to follow it. People can be all happy coming into church, talking, praising the Lord and all this stuff, and then you bring the gospel to the heart of them, and then they, they face change. Right? They get scrunched up, I call it. They sitting on something. And the Jews grumbled about him, and what they did is they insulted him. We know his guy's father and mother. How are you going to say he from heaven? We know who this guy is. He's nothing, right? Before, please do a miracle. We love you. This guy ain't nothing. Jesus said, don't grumble. You can't come unless the Father calls you. And I think the thing that's important to note is Jesus does not need your adoration. I've been reading this phrase over and over, but in the book of Job, it's this phrase, and they say this. If you do evil, you ain't hurting God. And if you do good, it's for yourself. That's this phrase that they keep on saying. And, and the thought is, that's a true statement. Right? That's a true statement. Um, it might be used in some wrong context in that verse book, but it's true. When we do good, God is happy that we do good. But did we really give God anything that he needed? There's a quality about God that we ought to understand. God doesn't need anything. That is a fundamental quality of God. God has no needs. He is self-fulfilled all the time, eternally, since the past. People say God created man so he could have somebody to love. That's nonsense. He already had somebody to love. That's himself. And I know that seemed weird, but that's the truth. Because the Father loved the Son, and the Son loved the Father, and they both loved the Spirit, and the Spirit loved them. There's no need. They got companionship within themselves. They have love within themselves. They got perfect communication and being in one sink and being one being, three persons. They have a level of love that we cannot understand. They have a level of pleasure that we cannot reach. So when you talk about what it is to be God, we truly do not understand that he is not lonely. Because lonely would suggest a need of communication or contact, something somebody lacks. When God deals with us, he's dealing almost like we would deal with somebody who is not on our level. That's what God is doing. He don't need us. And that's the blessing and the greatness of God that he treats us as kindly as he does. That he sent his son to die for little old us that he didn't need. We need him, but he does not need us. But he does not despise us or mistreat us because of that. You know, when you get in a relationship with somebody who realize they, you need them and they don't need you, 
that's when you get whipped. You get beat down. You get abuse. But God don't do that to us. He don't need us, but he treat us nicer than we ever treat him. That's just God. Praise him. That's all we can do is praise him. Jesus said this, you have all this pride in your fathers and your fathers is dead they ate this bread that you have all this pride in we the only people who ate food from God and that's how we survived in the desert and that's true because the historians have said no way that's got to be a myth in the Bible because they couldn't survive that long and I agree with them they couldn't have survived that long if God didn't feed them so stop being ignorant and read the scripture in that word, it says God fed them. And God miraculously gave them water. But they died. So obviously the needs of men are not to be found in food and in drink. And we could say the same in this situation in Kenosha. Obviously the needs of man is not going to be found with less or more police. They will not be found with more or less laws. They will be not found in more or less guns. More bullets flying or less bullets flying. They will be found in the hearts of men changing. Because violence happens because of sin. It don't matter how you look at the situation. Whether you blame the cop or you blame the other. The whole situation, the fact that we even have to have police is because of sin. It's the same reason why we got locks on our doors. Because we know somebody going to go in there and try to go in there, right? So we have locks because of sin. We got police because of sin. But the problem with sin is sinners got to deal with sin on this world. So when we call sin, we see sin, we call 911, and we call somebody who is sinful to deal with sin. And guess what? Sometimes sin more happens even when sin get dealt with sinners, right? And people get surprised. Oh, no, it's race. No, it's called sin. It's called sin. It's the same issue when somebody sees somebody getting beat up and then they go over there and then they murder somebody. Did that fix the situation? No, that's sin on sin on sin. We got people trying to fix a painting by putting paint that they didn't think about and splashing it on a piece of paper. And what you get is a mess when we need to take the whole paper and throw it away. <laughs> it's all garbage. We need to think about the Lord and how the Lord is acting. But we also need to think about Satan and how he's moving. What is he seeking to accomplish in all this? Isn't he achieving his goal when more people die? People getting up there and rioting, they looting. Everybody that steals, Satan is like, yes! They breaking God's law. Yes! Another one dead. That's eternal security for Satan, isn't it? Everybody that's dead is eternally secure for Satan. Don't run into that. Don't add to that fire. Let us be men and women of peace. Amen. All right. Good evening, everybody. What's for you? Yeah, what's for you? So quick, because you guys aren't. Norm, you're normally with the little kids. 
So what we've been doing is for the recording, then we'll have for the corporate prayer time, you'll pray into the mic so that people can hear it, that are like coming and listening in. Yeah. So it'll, it's the easy one today. <laughs> um, so what we're going to focus on today is um, last week, I believe, we um, had a special business meeting about um, looking to take a loan for the roof. Um, whatever we don't have saved, I think by October, was it? October? Um, it, we're going to take out as a loan. So what I would like to just pray about today is just have our focus on the fundraising for that church, or that, the roof, and that God just blesses that, minute, that aspect of our ministry um, so that we can be fruitful in that and hopefully don't have to take out a very large substantial uh, loan, but that he just stirs up and that people can give and that he can bless people to give. And I'll close this. Dear Lord, I thank you for this day. I thank you for just allowing us to all be able to come out tonight, dear Lord, and be able to um, just learn more about you, dear Lord, and just be able to grow and to um, be here to encourage and to lift each other up um, during this week. I ask that you may just um, be with the prayer request that went out as we're trying to um, get funds for the church, dear Lord, the um, roof on the church, that you may just be able to allow us to get enough funds so that we don't have to um so that we don't have to take out such a big loan to lord just just for us to be able to um make those funds up so that we don't have to uh pay so much back i just ask that you may just make a way through this the lord and just continue to bless our church and help us to grow and the lord i thank you amen dear lord i thank you for this day i thank you for bringing us out tonight lord i thank you for um, just letting us be able to uh, have truth seekers, Lord, be able to sit in the service tonight, Lord, and worship you. I pray, Lord, that you would just be with Sweet Communion, Lord, that you would just be with each and every member here, Lord, that you will just um, help us to be faithful to you, Lord, and that you will just help us to um, do what is right, Lord, with um, everything that we um, have, Lord, with our money, with the things that we do and places we go and um, and everything, Lord, that we will um, give to you, Lord, and um, do it in the way you would have us to do it, Lord. We pray for the business fund tonight, Lord. We pray, Lord, that you would just um, be with people, that they will give, Lord, um, what you would have for them to give, Lord, so that we can um, get the roof um, done on, on the church, Lord. I pray, Lord, that you would just um, be with them as they decide to get a loan, Lord, that um, everything will work out fine with that, Lord. And we just pray, Lord, that you would just um, be with the ones who couldn't make it out tonight, Lord, that you would be with them, Lord. I think of my mom tonight, Lord, who was um, real tired, Lord, and not feeling well that you would be with her, Lord. And we just pray for each and every person here, Lord, as we um, go our different ways, Lord, go to work every day, and children are back in school, Lord, that you would just be with us and protect and watch over us, Lord, in this evil world, Lord. I just pray that you protect us and keep us throughout the rest of the night. In your name I pray and thank you. Amen. Lord, we continue in prayer. We just um, ask and plead that you continue to just um, bless this ministry financially, Lord. Um, I know you have that ability, Lord. I know you, as the time I've been the treasurer, Lord, I, I've never been at a point where we have just not been provided for, Lord. You've provided for us in so many different ways, and you continue to provide for us. And we just ask that you please provide for us in this aspect of this ministry, Lord, as um, it is something that we want to try to keep your you're building your place of worship um, in good order, Lord, as good stewards of your house, Lord, that this is something that we felt is very important, Lord, and we just ask that you just um, continue to just bless 
all the people of this church, Lord. Um, bless them abundantly so that they can continue to bless um, the church above their normal offerings, Lord, to help with this, the, the rough fund, Lord. As they continue to just bless this ministry, Lord, as um, I just think of how recently it just seems so much like you are just really impacting this church on our mission to reach the men, Lord, and just how you've increased the the men that need help from the mission here, just increased that number by so much recently, Lord, and we just ask that you continue to just um, help fund this ministry and continue to just stir up the hearts of your believers to continue to give and give liberally. In your name we pray. Amen.